Hello everybody, uh, it's Max back. Excuse the voice, I've had a bit of man flu. So all you men out there know how much I'm suffering. I just thought I'd do a snip there just to help you. Um, I want to speak today. Uh, is Hidden Heroes. The prison service are getting called Hidden Heroes. Um, which is true uh, because... Not just about the job we do. Uh, for instance, one one incident we had um, where one of my colleagues or ex-colleagues were on. She was on her way to work, uh, and she spotted a lady stood on top of the bridge over the road, threatening to uh, jump off. Uh, so what? my colleague did and if she was uh, an off-duty police officer or an off-duty paramedic or would have been all over the news but it was um, an off-duty prison officer so as far as i'm aware maybe i'm wrong um it didn't feature on any anything uh she actually stopped got out of a car and went up and spoke to the young lady um, and eventually sort her down. Uh, this colleague, um, I go on about being a, a train negotiator and all this blather, but uh, Lars wasn't actually a train negotiator, she just used her skills as a, a prison officer to talk this young lady down. Um, um, at first, I think some of us took the mickey out of her because she was late for work. Uh, until we found out what she did. Um, she got um, honoured by the prison, by Dubgate, and maybe by Circo, I don't know. Because she never brags about it. Because uh, she's not like me. I like to take the glory. Uh, you get, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so that that's one thing. Another, a few years back, uh, we had an officer who was just out shopping with his family at Tesco's um, and he seen this idiot running out of a telly. So he ran after him, um, tackled him, brought him to the ground, he had a bit of a scuffle um, and eventually the Tesco security called with him and the lad got done. Um, Colin actually did get a mention in, his, in the press um, and got on a, a bravery award. Um, but this is what I'm saying, this is like the things we do um, and it doesn't get no um, no bloody recognition on the telly but let one of us do something wrong or do you know what I mean, it's all over the place we had uh, an incident a few years back where we had a, a man on the railings um, and well, I won't go into the ins and outs of what happened, but it, it ended up, patterns were drawn and they had to use these to get him down and, and, and it was under the command of one of the uh, governors. Um, and he he went, made a complaint about it. This police officer who came in to investigate, I don't know, he had this thing about getting prison officers in trouble. Um took it to court, it went on for fucking years. Um, 
the officer's under suspicion. He obviously, they went to court. Um, one officer lost his job uh, because he just... They're saying that we didn't follow procedure. We, what our argument was is we were just doing as we were told. Um, and I know that sounds like the SS in, in, in the war, but it, what do you do? I know I would not I would have probably told them to bollocks. I'm not doing that. There's no need for it. Um, anyway, it dragged on for ages and ages. It went to court. Our governor at the time, uh, John Hewitson, went to court every day with the staff to support him. Not like I was just in court when I got assaulted and not one fucking person turned up to support me from the prison. Um, my, my mate Lucy would have come, but they only told us the day before, so she couldn't even get... They wouldn't even give her time off work. That's how fucking much they cared about us. Uh, but it, anyway, John stayed with them all the way through. Went on for ages, all the stress. Uh, these people, staff who were going to get... Um, Possibly get put in jail, lose their jobs, lose their livelihood, everything. Uh, it went on for ages. Eventually, the um, it was not guilty. It was a load of bollocks, mate. So that prisoner took all his time, had all his money spent. Officers getting actually, I mean, I used to get, I, I know what, a little bit. I, when I was suspended, the fucking stress I went through, even though I knew I'd done that wrong. Well, one of the times I'd done that wrong. Um, and eventually they got they all clear they come back to work but my point is these are the things that people don't hear about uh, we have to put with false allegations that's why I was suspending false allegation these all did the job false allegation ended up in court this policeman had an hard on for getting um, prison officers uh, I mean to be honest it was the same police officer uh, tried to get me done for assault when I didn't do anything. Um, or not, I don't know. Uh, but it was all right with me. There was no problem. And after he interviewed me, it got kicked out. So I didn't have to see him again. So I'm like foolishly think again, like an idiot, thinking his copper's all right. But uh, then I was getting, as I was a union rep, as I say, and uh, the number of times I had to go to the police station then with officers, because this fucking lemon, I'd, like I say, I don't know, I don't forget the prison officers done. Uh, and do you know what? Not fucking one of the ones that he tried to get done ever got done. And in the end, the governor just banned him from the prison. Um, and, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, if an, a member of staff's done something wrong... We're not above the law, so yeah, I get it. But when you you put so many officers, managers, through shit like that and stress, and 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 all this understand thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get sent to jail. How's that gonna be when I'm a prisoner? You know what I mean? You do get it uh, for nothing. Yeah, if you've got a case, mate, fucking do it. But if you haven't got a case, piss off, man. You know we. We're the people there. You know, we have to go to work every single day during COVID. Every day during COVID. You know, we we have to go to work. 
we didn't get time off work. We could we we had to go in every day. Uh, obviously, some of us who got COVID or some people who got it couldn't come in. But yeah, and that's where it started getting the hidden heroes because nobody, you know, you even hear it on the telly. All the police have had to go to this the police, the fire service, paramedics are working, blah blah blah. And yeah, so the prison service. But yeah, did we get a mention? Did we shit? Um, I mean, I'm not there anymore, obviously, but I was there, been there, done it, uh, all through COVID, all through it, mate, from day one to the end, we had to go in, we were getting tested every day, we had to do tests every day, uh, you know, it was just horrendous, it was, it was not, not, not horrendous, but I'll tell you what, though, on the first lockdown, oh, God, it was... So good going to work because there was no traffic, no traffic on the road. Got to work quicker, got, well, stay in bed a bit longer. Get home quicker, no traffic, brilliant. That's the one good thing about it. We had loads of, tra loads of free traffic. But, um, yeah, it was horrendous, mate. And uh, we were getting shit off the prisoners. Oh, yeah, you lot are bringing COVID in and you lot are this, blaming us if it, because, I mean, to be honest, I couldn't blame them because uh, they weren't having visitors. So, if Covid come in, to them it looked like it was coming off us. But what they didn't get is like when I worked in reception, um, it was easy. people coming in from court with Covid. So they were bringing the COVID into jail. I mean, yes, yeah, some of us had it, but I mean, when I got it, um, I went in work. I didn't get a text after COVID fucking test and trace, even though it was run by our company, Circle. Um, they didn't text me, but they must have text. They must have text texted the prison because they rang me up while I was sat in the office and said. I need to go home. You need to go home, mate. You've got COVID. Um, and when I sat in my car, the text come through. So luckily, we'd not opened up the jail. Uh, opened up this prisoners because uh, I had COVID. Um, but I was sat in the room with my colleagues, but we had our masks on because we had to wear a mask on as well. That was terrible. 12-hour shift in the jail and you got a mask on. But... Um, it was well organised in the jail, to be honest. Uh, excuse me a minute. It was well organised in the jail during COVID. Well, on paper anyway, but you try and get fucking... In, 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 in our case, um, I, I'd come out of... I'd only done the first few months of COVID in healthcare. Um, and uh, I had my little argument with... Uh, the governor, uh, and uh, I was putting out what to them. Anyway, it was on this wing, and I mean, like I said, it was all right on paper, uh, but it had a wing of 59 people who thought they were special because it was uh, announced, but, you know, it's COVID, mate. You're getting treated like everyone else. So at first, you could only have four at a time out uh, for showers, because even though it's COVID and fucking people all over the world kill, dying and being kept in the house all day because it was lockdown, we had to let the prisoners out to have a shower. Uh, 
Um, it's not too bad on our slot three because they didn't have uh, they had showers in the cells, but uh, we on our slot two they haven't. So we have four cubicles. No, I think it's four, maybe five upstairs and five downstairs. We could only allow four out at a time, and they had to come out with a mask on and then they had to get in the shower. Um, so yeah, can you imagine you got thirty nine? 59 uh, so-called, they think, privileged prisoners and you've got to give them... We couldn't give them too long in the shower, obviously, because we had to get everyone in the shower. Well, mate, it was like working with children. You had to walk around all the time saying, right, hurry up, come on, hurry up. I think we... If some of my colleagues who worked with me at the time might correct me, but I think we had, like, 10 minutes or something like that to have a shower. Um, and this is how selfish some prisoners are, right? We have so long, we've got 59 prisoners, that was just our wing, and they've got, all got to have showers. So it's like, you'd think, wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, and that wing I was on, like I've said previously, they were quite good together, they were quite like pallidly polite, you know, well, helped each other out. But Jesus Christ, try to make, we had to chase him round all day, like, get out of the shower, get out of the shower. And we were like, oh, fuck off. Right, get out of the shower. And then the, we just started saying, well, fucking stay in the shower then, mate. But all your mates are listening to it and you're fucking holding them up. So we even tried the guilt tip on them, but, you know, well, uh, some of them, it, most of them, it did work. And I just, it's probably a lot worse on the other wings where they're just so fucking selfish. They don't give a shit about the mate. Give a shit about the mate if they're kicking off or they're trying to, you know what I mean? But, and then same at dinner time. We could only allow four hours at a time to get the dinner. To me, it would have been quicker to feed them behind the door, which I think we did at first. Uh, then there was the exercise thing. Oh, it was a nightmare, mate. But it was organised and, and I, we didn't have, I don't think we had a major kick-off about it. Um because the prisoners, they had no choice. It's like on our wing, on golfing, if they start kicking off, we just fucking start. I would just, when I was on shift, anyone moans about it, right, I'll just shut the door then, get back behind your door. It's a privilege, not a right. Um, maybe I'm wrong there, but who, who cares? Obviously, we couldn't have the gym, the gym staff on. There was one time, I mean, it was later on um, in the COVID, I think it was in the second phase, where we allowed, so we had basically four sides of a wing, two two sides up on the one twos and two sides on the ones. So what we did, we had we just let one side at a time out. Of course, they fucking moaned about that because they said, "Well, that side will get out first every day." I'm like, "Fucking matter, still getting out." But anyway, you know what I like. So we have to do. Like a rotor. So I had to swap round each day who went out first. So fuck, fuck knows why. And then he's always like, oh, can I go out with them? Because I do, do do a lot of gym work together and exercise. No, you can't. That's the whole point, you fucking idiots. You can't. You've got to be separate. So look, you can't accept shit. So one day, we had like the left, say, the left hand side of golfing were quite a lot of the elderly lads were there and sometimes they're like oh we don't want exercises 
So I knew I could have like obviously 16 at a time. That makes 64 anyway. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, here's a way to we can save time here. So I, I let the other side out as well downstairs. It wasn't their turn to go first, but does it matter? In my head. So um, I let them out first as well, and then fucking upstairs, it's not their fucking turn, wait a second. I said, yeah, but that side didn't want to go out, so I'm letting that side out. Does it matter? Oh, okay. So I let them out. They had day. I went upstairs, let the, the one on the, whoever was out here on the twos. Oh my fucking God, you should have heard him. They were all around me at the door. And I'm like, fucking get away from me. But we all had masks on, so it was like, you know, like, you fuck, you let them out and it weren't their turn. And we got, I said, listen, lads, fucking, I let them out because no one was out that side, so it makes no difference to you. Who will let out next? Because you were still second. And the kid and this one lad said, you want to do your fucking job properly. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do my job properly then. I fucking, I said, get everyone behind your fucking door now. You can't do that. I said, I can't do my job properly. I said, you just give me a verbal abuse. He swore at me. So, because of you, I'm locking you all up that day. You can't do that. Where the hands? I said, fucking watch me. So I locked the old wing down. Because um, there was a bit of shouting, the manager come on and I told them what had happened. The Maxine's was to fucking lock them up then. Uh, they've lost the privilege for today. So I locked the old, and the whole wing stayed locked up. Upstairs, downstairs, the fucking lock, locked them up. Um, fed him behind the door. I said, you're not coming out and doing my job properly. Um, because sometimes with the announced prisons, you do, like, bend it a little bit because they're, they're fucking announced. But I'm not having one of them gobbing off at me because what happens then? I back down, so he thinks he's got the right to gob off at everyone. Uh, so now, mate, I ain't backing down. I locked him up all the fucking back. I don't give a shit. And to be fair... I didn't get any kickback all day. They're almost kicking the doors like on other wings. They kick the doors and fucking threatenings all over. Because a lot of these lads have um, have been in a long time, so they actually like being locked up. Some of them because they can get on with shit. So uh, yeah, uh, and this lad who's actually swore at me, I was like, you fucking, you know, I gave him a bit of shit. I said, you fucking idiot, look what you've done. It's your fault. Everyone's locked down now. I hope you're happy with you gobbing off. I said, and don't fucking tell me how to do my job. I don't tell you how to rob houses and fucking murder people. I said, so don't tell me how to do my job, eh? And that was it. So uh, I had a quite an easy day that day, but we didn't really. We went and helped other people. Uh, one of us stayed on wing and the rest went. Uh, and my colleagues, uh, Billy and John, are like, fucking hell, Mark. I said, I don't care, mate. Tell, they, accuse, they say to me, a few times, we don't do our job properly with them. We let a little, little bits and pieces go with them. Um, but you want me to do my job properly, I'll do it by the fucking book. So, yeah, you don't abuse me. So, uh, yeah, I think John was a bit... John had just started. Um, I think he was a bit, whoa. Uh, and Billy just laughed. Billy, Billy, it's a girl, it's a female Billy. Uh, I can't even remember the proper name now, we just all call the Billy, Billy Buns. Um, Billy's been there a long, long time and she's a good talker. So she, she used to say, I've been in this job 15 years and I've 
never, she'd never seen out anyone, never restrained anyone. She'd managed to never have to go that far. She said, but I've spent more time to me dragging you out of fucking cells than I have prisoners because I wouldn't have it. I don't give a shit if you're a nan. She don't talk to an officer like shit. Else we're going to have their fucking words. And I don't mean that in a violent way, but we're going to have words. Um, I think I've mentioned it earlier where I asked to, they asked me to even up the wing a little bit. Um, I was asking my Muslims to move and they give me, oh, is it because we're Muslim or it? I said, no, mate, you're just a dick and you're not on the wing anymore. I said, you don't do as you're told. You don't act like an announced prisoner. You don't get behind your door when we tell you. You're always last behind the door, pissing about. So that's why you're getting moved off. Nothing to do with your religion or your race. So you're just a dick. And that was it. Off you go. Um, and others would be like, threatening. They'd be like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, yeah, I'd say that to my face. And I'd go in the door. Not to fight with them, just say, yeah, mate, say it to my face. Because a lot of them won't because they're shitbags. Um, so, yeah, um, but on that wing, we had a few in for terrorism offences. Um, and not just the ones you're thinking of as well. There was uh, some of the white lads were secret terror. It was just bad. Sometimes I'd hear it, uh, and obviously it was half and half in the end with Muslims and and they, you know, black and white. Then we'll say it. Uh, and some of the comments you used to hear after these white lads, I'd say, yeah, what are you fucking saying. I said, if you if you feel like that, mate, pack your shit and get off the wing. I'm not having it because I'm not racist. I don't I don't put up with that shit. Um, so yeah, it was some of them. I mean, and some of the Muslim ones were fucking good as gold. But we did have a couple in. Um, uh, he's one of them, uh, and I didn't know this at the time, and nobody told me. But um, Manchester bombing, that little fucking. Cowardly bastard who blew that bomb up in the um, GMX, not the GMX, fucking the Manchester Arena. Um, he'd actually been to our jail and we had this uh, Muslim lad in a wheelchair. Now, as I said before, he used to do Muslim prayer a lot and I've actually helped this person into fucking chapel. And I found out after, because not long after the Manchester bombing, he got shipped out to a cat um, I'm like, fucking hell, what was all that about? And he said, well, Mark, we didn't want to tell you because we know what you like. He, that idiot, who, that coward who killed all them little girls, um, come to see him and he was whispering in his ear about what to do. And to be perfectly honest, mate, if I'd have known that, there would have been a different story. Um, and if I'd have known, I mean, afterthoughts, a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, fucking little rat had been in our jail visiting this fucking... Uh, but I never judged the rest of them like that because, as I said earlier, there a lot of them were good good people. Um, and, you know, I went, to, I went to Muslim prayer nearly every Friday when I was in reception. Um, and there's only a few occasions where there was trouble. Um, and it's just like any... There's trouble anywhere. It's just like anywhere in a the jail, there's going to be trouble. When you've got hundred and odd people gathered in a, it's going to be trouble. It's a prison, but most times it wasn't. I mean, there was a lot of fucking moaning because 
I don't know if people know, but on the on the out after people have been to uh, Friday prayer, they all spend ages outside the the mosques, like talking to each other and having chats and just people not seen for ages. But you can't do it for too long in a jail because obviously the jail's got to move on. Um, so a lot of them used to moan that we didn't give them enough time for chat and things like that, which fair enough, we don't. But mate, lads, it's prison, you know. We've got hundred a year in here, but we've got another thousand men who need to move about, and we can't have because obviously, Joe, uh, we can't have all the Muslims leaving at once. And because in previous years we've done that, and then other lads come out for the gym, and he all ends up scrapping. So we have to do, we have to like freeze movement. Um, obviously during COVID, uh, prayer, prayer was cancelled, but they still. The imam still did it, did it on the prison TV, so they could still do the Friday prayer in the um, in the cells. Uh, so that was kept them happy. Uh, some of the other guys were like the other religions were moaning about it, and it's like, well, the imams they organise that. It's up to your priest to organise it. You can't blame the prison for that. Uh, they if they've organised it better, then they've organised it better. Um, and I sound like, uh, yeah, sorry. I am, I'm praising 90% of the Muslims that were in our jail were good lads, good people. Um, some of them were fucking horrific, horrific. Um, one of them, I remember him was a right horrible bastard he was. Um, I'm Lima Wing. And, he, oh God, he was always last to lock up. He was always the one fucking we had bother with. He was... To write obnoxious little shit, um, and one day he got, he'd been on the hooch and he was fucking pissed as a fart, and he was refusing to bang up. So um, as usual, I mean, I learnt this off my mate. Taz, he said, just lock him up and then deal with him, because I used to go straight to them, go and get behind you, and I'd end up stood there. And it's like no, no, lock everyone up, and we'll leave him, just ignore him. Because he only wants attention, so we lock all the wing up and this fucker's still out rocking that wing. Oh, fuck's sake. So, er, uh, try and talk to him, but he's that fucking piss. You haven't got a clue, you haven't got a chance of talking to him. So, anyway, there was um, the manager at the time, Martin Cook, and anyone who uh, works with in Dubgate, when I mention Martin Cook, will know what's coming. Um, bit of an, he was alright, Martin, but fucking hell. Anyway, <laughs> he um, it was me and Leon, Leon, um, fucking Mr. Cool, uh, on the wing, and everyone else was locking up, so, you know, they were busy, and it hadn't got to the point where we needed it, we didn't need everyone anyway, because that had just fucking made it worse. It was me and Leon, and Martin, Martin come on, so Martin's talking to him, but he's letting him fucking walk around the wing. So me and Leon are like, for fuck's sake. So we're following his prisoner around the wing and Martin's letting him walk all over the place. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that, my man flew. <coughs> so he's letting him walk around the wing instead of keeping him in one area. So I'm like, Martin, what are you doing? So don't wait for someone else. Because you've got to have three. You've got to twist someone up, you've got to have three. But I'm like, well, there's three of us here. 
it's just fucking grabbing. No, we'll have to wait. So we're like, Fuck, yeah, but and I thought he's the manager, so I'll leave it with him. Let's him walk around the wing, pissed up, fucking talking at doors, and there's so many chances we could have grabbed him, but we can't legally, there's got to be three of us. So and then he goes into the server here and I'm like, oh, fuck this. So I'm like, right, get out of the fucking server now. And Mark's like, well, I said, I've had enough of this. Out of the server now. Um, so he comes out, but comms had been watching this. So they called it. So people come on the wing then, but we're like, we, we only need one more. So by this time, he's up the top of the wing. He's come out of the server, but he's up near the gates. Near the ATM and the water machine and all that sort of. So anyway, it happened. We got someone else in and we dropped him, and he fell on. Got him on the floor and blah blah blah. But Cookie, I don't know what the fuck he didn't. I'm assuming because in them days we didn't all have our own cuffs. It was only the managers had cuffs, and I know they have to do paperwork if they got the cuffs out. So I'm thinking, he's thinking, oh, it's home time now, I don't want to fucking do paperwork. So we get him, we get him up, get him in old, all good and proper, done by then, he's fucking giving it out, he's pissed up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. Um, we get him to the, just walking past the, um, the water machine, and he fucking boots, he rears up and kicks the fucking machine. Um, fucking water pissing everywhere. So we had to drop, we had to CNR him again. Sorry, I keep going to the prison officer talk then. We had to restrain him, get him back on the floor. But when, when he's on the floor, all this fucking water's gushing out on his face, which is not a good thing. So he would not fucking cooperate. He would not cooperate to stand up. So like, we were all rolling around the floor in this piss wet fucking frame. <laughs> and uh, we had this officer called Bart, he was a big fucker. Um, I'm going to call him by his full name then, but he fucking hates it. So, <laughs> I, um, Bart come on, and he, he just stood over us, watching us rolling around in this fucking water, and he just grabbed this lad's fucking belt, waistband, and just fucking yanked him up like this and stood him up. Um, you know, <laughs> put him behind his door. But when he kicked off and he kicked the thing, we all fell over and every fucker fell on me. And you know what, I've had that many injuries on my fucking head, I don't know how I'm not fucking... No, we're not fucking weeping. Um, anyway, we got him up, got him behind his door, and uh, all the lads were taking the piss out of him. He ah, fucking, you got twisted up by the little man, fucking little man, big man, can't fucking even fight with a little man and all that. Wait, trust me. Uh, but, and, uh, oh, the fucking pick twat. He's trying to, like... Paper in his cell, you know, to set a fire in his cell. But he just kicked the fucking water thing in. So all this water was running in his cell, putting the fire out. I'm like, you fucking big twat. I said, listen, mate, just get your head down. You're pissed up. Get your head down. Oh, he's a fucking nightmare. I mean, the next day he was fucking going around spitting on all the chairs. And the rest, he's looking at the rest that lads ain't fucking doing him in. He's a, he's a fucking head case. He ended up in SEG anyway, and uh, then he disappeared, so he must have got shipped out. But this is what we're dealing with. As I said before, selfish fucking people. And people who won't use the cuffs, because it's paperwork. Um, I think it's the best thing the prison 
the private prisons ever did was let us all have a set of cuffs. Because there's no doubt in my mind if me or Leon or Bart or any of them would have had cuffs, we'd have fucking cuffed him. Um, and then he wouldn't have been able to kick off because, he, yeah, we got them, uh, oh, fucking hell, I forgot what they're called now. Rigid bar cuffs, so if you start bigger, you can just twist them and give them a bit of pain. Pain for compliance, not pain on purpose. <laughs> uh, yeah, so things that you have to put away in a jail that people or anyone who might be listening to this who don't work in a jail don't realise the crap that prison officers have to put up with. Uh, you see it on the telly, little snippets of it, but it, this is like constant... Um, it's like, I mean, it did calm down for a bit in the jail where we used to have go days and days without incidents. And to be fair, that was mainly the staff. Because we, we, all this, I don't know if it's the same anywhere else, but in Dubgate, there was very good relationship, professional relationships with prisoners and staff. I mean, when we had inspections, the prisoners actually said that to the inspectors. You know, the good officers in here, they give it, they talk to us and they try and help us as best we can. Um, not like he's, others are like, put an app in and they're not, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, but they don't. I mean, we used to, I'm not saying everyone did it, I'm hoping everyone does it, but I never did. And I used to always say, listen, I'll try my best for you. And if I can't get it, I can't get it, but you must know I've tried my best. Um, and you all accept that. And the best thing I ever learned with prisoners is if they've asked me to try and sort something out for them, and I've done my best, I mean, sometimes it takes a while because I'm busy doing other things, but I always say, keep it in the head, that I've said I'll do it for them, I'll do it. Um, and a lot of some of them fucking... I mean, <laughs> we've got one, some... Yeah, I'll do it. And then you're getting on with it and they're coming up to you every time. Have you done it yet, Mark? Have you done it yet, Mark? So I said, I used to say, fuck, every time you ask me if I've done it, you're fucking waiting over 10 minutes. And I picked that up when I worked with kids because you say that to kids. Stop mithering me. I'll do it eventually, but every time you ask me, you wait another half an hour or something. Um, and some of them got that persistent. I'm like, fuck you, mate, I'm not doing it. But a lot of them, I did it. Um, and I always made the effort, I'd go back to the cell, even if we'd locked him up, I'd go back to the cell and say, listen mate, I've tried my best, um, they can't do it till tomorrow, or they've said no, you know, and they appreciate that, rather than sat in the cell all night thinking, that bastard's not done it, we did, but that's how I got assaulted, the first time I got badly assaulted, because I went in and said to the lad, oh, listen mate, it was a canteen issue, I probably mentioned it. But I said to him, I'll get it, I'll go tomorrow morning as soon as I come in and he knocked me out. But, you know, and I got in trouble for saying this, uh, it's part of my job, but it's obviously not part of your job to get assaulted. But it's, I remember when I started, somebody said in training, you have to expect in this job to one time in your, your career to get assaulted. It's true. I mean, I did 12 years. I mean, I've had a few um, altercations where I've been it, but that was in the middle of a tussle. Is that, but in 12 years, it only happened twice, so I think it's not too bad. Uh, some people have been assaulted that many times in a week, in a day. 
Uh, yeah, we had one where, what I'm saying about girls, uh, sorry, sorry, female colleagues, uh, and how they'd never get assaulted, but it was one lad, he was kicking off on the wing, and, and the girls, the female colleagues of mine usually, as in anywhere in life, can calm it down quicker than us, because the men get a bit, ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the fucking bastard just fucking turned around and knocked it out. Sparked it out. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, he did, yeah. Um, but yeah, he just sparked it out. Uh, and that, another where a female officer got uh, assaulted and then she had bad, bad mental health issues over it, PTSD, everything. He'd smacked her in the ear and an ear had gone and everything. She had to have loads of treatment on her ear. Um, and you know uh, what the company did? Fuck all, and then they demoted her. What? You should, well, I'm not going to get on it. I'll say I'm not going to get angry this time because they had a right fucking blowout last time, didn't um, But yeah, females, this is what I mean about hidden heroes. And, and I'm not, you can't even differentiate between males and females because we're all in it together and we all. You know, we all want to go home early and... On, go home early, yeah, that'll be right. We all want to go home safely, men, women, whatever. We're all in it together, we all got each other's backs. Uh, and in them days, you had each other's backs, not a problem. Um, any any issues we dealt with as a team, you know, there was no glory hunters saying, you're not going to sort it out. I mean, a lot of them big lads who said that were the shit houses. Not all of them. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, we, everyone had everyone's back. That included managers, governors, everybody. Um, and it is, it's a what, it is, it's them and us, it's all the time, even though, you know, a lot of them are like, oh, he's all right, and he gets on with you. I said, yeah, but you never fully trust people. Um, and this is why, rightly or wrongly, I didn't, at first, I didn't actually look at what they'd done because. That would be me being judgmental and I'll have it against them. Uh, some good lads there, uh, some prisoners, uh, at Ardleys, good Ardleys, look at the first night at uh on the wing, brilliant. And when you see what they've done, it's like, fucking hell. Uh, but, you know, they've learned a lesson, they're trying to better themselves, but better themselves by helping people. Um, I've just watched what someone on telly recently and I'm like, oh, I know that name. And it was one of the lads I worked work with a lot uh, on Mike Wing and in reception. Uh, and he was doing like 27 years for murder. Uh, but you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because you, if you don't look and you don't know, you take them as they are. Good. Uh, brilliant painter, brilliant artist. My wrong regret is he promised me either when he left or I left to give me one of his paintings. Um, but because um, I left on a quick decision, um, I, I didn't get to get a picture. But, you know, I've done that a lot in other previous jobs because they're like, oh, when you retire, we'll have a big, you know, and I'm like, oh, fuck off, I don't. So, yeah, I've just slipped out of the door on most jobs I've done because I don't want all that shit and fuss. And the only reason is, is because I'd fucking end up striking like a baby because I am... I make out, I get all this tough shit done, but I'm a sh little fucking crybaby deep down. 
little things can set me off. And I'm not even ashamed of it. I'll, I'll, I'll cry like the best of him. Um, even my big persona at work, where you've got to have a persona at work because you're working with fucking idiots and people who take advantage of you. Very good at manipulating prisoners, but I think over the previous jobs I've done and the um, experience I had with young with kids in care, uh, the proper word is young people, but, you know. Um, I think I could safely say you've got to work hard to manipulate me because it's not going to work. Uh, to be honest, man, I'm quite good at manipulating, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, it's... You've got to get this persona on you where you walk down. I mean, my pers it wasn't even a persona. It was me being a fucking idiot, I think, where I'd walk into the biggest fucking worst places and show no fear. Um, I won't think I'd show no fear. It didn't mean I didn't have any fear, but it's like I'm not fucking backing down here. I won't back down. Uh, and it's, it, it's not good advice. Uh, and I did mention how I got. Um, I was the only one in the in the staff meeting who put my hand up about it. Um, <laughs> um, I take my duty of care very seriously. And if one lad's getting battered by four people, five people, I'm gonna go and get that lad out. I don't give a shit. Um, and I should do. Uh, it's not like a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But if he ends up in hospital and dies, who are they gonna blame? Well, where were the staff? Um, so no, I'm going in. Uh, I remember the two staff uh, did it, and they got they got. People say they didn't get assaulted on purpose by prisoners, but I'm not having that. If you're in the middle of a scrap and there's all prisoners around, they're gonna fucking go for the officer as well. But uh, yeah, so it was um, it's in my head. I'm not I'm not backing down. I've got I'm here to look after everyone, and if someone's getting an idea, I'm going in. Um, but I've said previously, I never use my baton, never use my parlour, uh, just use my mouth. So, uh, yeah, it's not good advice. Um, it's just apparently the rule is just let them kick shit out of each other till there's enough stuff to do with it, but um, I couldn't do it. Um, Unfortunately, I touched wood, well, it doesn't matter now, I'm not there. I never actually got assaulted or most times you're running, shouting and bawling your head off, and which I always did. It, um, it stops or they step back a bit or they think everyone's coming or I don't know, or I was just lucky, but uh, a lot of times I'd run in the middle of it and it'd be, I would, it would stop. Um, and I've said previously, didn't I, that I've never used my baton, but I'm lying. The one time I used it, I was on, I got redeployed uh, back to Mightwing. I was in reception at the time, I got redeployed to Mightwing, which I was always buzzing when I got sent to Mightwing, because it was like going home. Um, and I think I was the only male on shift. No, no. It was because I, I might think you're supposed to have five officers on there. Ah! Um, so that's the reason I got redeployed. So, because it's 
not my wing and I don't work on that wing. I obviously, in my opinion, that's I'm the one that does the exercise or the running about for them because they know the prisoners. So uh, I'm like, right, I'll do exercise cause you, so you can get on with the running the wing. So like, oh yeah, cheers, mate. So I goes out and I'm doing exercise and fucking hell. I think some of the prisoners didn't realise I was an old timer in the jail because we tried coming out with drinks and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, yeah, mate. Uh, I said, mate, I'm not fucking arguing with you. You don't come out here with hot drinks. You know, that's been the rule since day dot. You don't come out and exercise with hot drinks because, you know, next thing you know, it's thrown in someone's face. So no. So I'm there with all these cups lined up in the fucking corridor with tea and shit in. Um, and I'm stood at the door and they're on the yard and the, and, and the Lima wing officers, which is next door to my wing, they were out with their prisoners. So there's a fence in between them, so they're not on the yard together as such. And some of the lads are chatting through the fence. I mean, back in them, when I started, they couldn't even do that. They had to stay off the... No. But anyway, um, so I'm stood at the door, I'm chatting to this Lima wing lad. Okay, well... They, two of their officers were out, so I don't know what the fuck was going on anyway. Not my problem. And then I just see uh, one of one of my colleagues, Chloe, run past, going, oh, fucking fight. So, oh, for fuck's sake. So I said to him, yeah, I watched these fuckers, and I ran in to help. And it was three guys, four guys kicking shit out of this prisoner. So we ran down, and the fucking... Chloe... It was in front of me, she drew a baton, so I'm like, oh, fucking hell. So I drew my baton, fucking wrapped it. Um, and all I seen was this guy running away. Because it all split up then, because we were all charging down and the alarm were going and everything. So I see this lad running away. So I fucking, de I like, shoulder charge, knocked him to the floor. And he held him down. I was on my own, so I was holding him down and he was struggling. So I, I fucking wrapped got my baton right on his nose and said, fucking struggle anymore, man. I'm going to fuck you up with his baton. And he just looked at me and stopped. I didn't know it was a fucking victim, did I? He was running away from them. And I dropped him on the fucking floor. Um, and he was the victim. But I, we found out later he, he was the victim, but it was a rival gang. So I'm going back to the last fucking thing I, I said a few ages ago. We get this information in reception. Why the fuck are people putting rival gangs on the same fucking wing? They never used to. Yes, it's the first night induction wing, and technically they come on at the induction wing, but why the fuck? The rival gangs, why are they put on the same wing? Mad. But saying that, Friday prayer, to let everyone come. And his rival gangs that come to Muslim prayer. But a lot of them have that respect for Muslim prayer that, yeah, we, we fucking hate each other, but we're in prayer. Um, yeah, because they, they have uh, sex offenders and everything because the Muslim prayer to Kevin, he's never had any trouble with them. Um, saying never had any trouble with rival gangs, it's been a bit. And like the one I mentioned previously where they were fighting actually inside the chapel. Uh, but 99% of the trouble we had at chapel, like I've said before, was in the yard while we were waiting outside. Um, but I don't know how I've got back to this again. But yeah, I'm there, dropped right, and I'm like, fuck, first time I've drawn my button. So I drew it, but I never used it. 
I used it as a threat, which is all we should be using it for, really. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that was the only time. So when I say I never used it, I, I've just realised I've been lying, all, lying to myself all these times. Um, so that's twice I used it, once in Turks, which is a different postcode, so it doesn't matter. And once on Mike Wing, and he was the victim after all that. Uh, yeah, but one of our staff dropped one of the uh, perpetrators, smashed his head on the fucking wall, the officer, uh, got concussion and everything, had to go off to hospital. And you know what? He didn't want to go, no, I'll finish my shift. But, mate, you need to go. Uh, he had to have time off work for it, and then the company tried to put him on a stage one because he'd been off work. What? This is what I mean about they didn't... A lot of them don't know employment law. He got injured at work, mate. He's actually allowed six weeks off. Um, oh, mate, nightmare. Uh, it, it's, wow. Um, so, yeah, it was oh, a little tale. I mean, when I was in healthcare, we had this fucking... He was a right... He was all right. He was a good lad. And if he liked you as a member of staff, he'd... Fucking, he'd do anything for you, you know, like he'd clean up for us, he'd, he'd make us a brewery. Um, and he was a fantastic artist. So we're like, yeah, Mike, why not? And he used to draw, um, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I forgot what it's called now. Banksy. He used to draw Banksy pictures on our wall, paint them, it was fucking brilliant, mate. Like, nearly not as good because obviously he's Banksy, but it, it, brilliant he was, and uh, he loved. He loved that, brilliant, isn't it? But he, he could go from one to from one personality to another just like that. And when he went into the naughty one, as we used to call it, he used to do all kinds of stupid things. Like one day, he used to chop bits off his ear, and we'd be like, "Mike, give us a razor," and he'd be like, "No." So we had to put him behind his door, and he said, "And I was walking past one day, he goes, Mark." I've got some, because this is what I used to do, he used to refuse to do it, and then good Michael must come back when he was in his cell and he used to hand stuff over then. So I'm like, what's up, Mike? Because you couldn't get, you couldn't get mad with him because you knew he had a mental health issue and and a lot of this, he didn't kick off. If we if he was being daft and we might Mike behind the door, he'd walk behind his door. Never a problem because he liked all the okay stuff. Uh, and... This one day, so I'm walking past and going, all right, Mike. So yeah, I've got something for you, Mark. I'm like, yeah, okay. So he opened his flap expecting the fucking razor blade. And what does he put in my hand? Fucking half his ear, you fucking dirty bastard. And he, he started laughing and I looked at him like, and then I, I couldn't do anything but laugh. So I'm sat there with half his ear. I like, what the fuck? And then he threw the razor out after he went, there you go. Oh, for God's sake, Michael. Um, but he was another one he'd get on well with us all because it, a lot the other staff uh, I was back working with Leon again and, and there was um, oh, I can't remember all the girls names sorry my female colleagues names um, and he liked us all so we didn't have an issue with him but when it come to Iron us, oh, he was a fucking nightmare. He, he used to refuse to go to his meetings, you know, with the psychology and all that shit. Uh, and then we'd say, come on, Mike, we'll sit with you. So he'd come out and 
It's like he just didn't like him, and a lot of the time when he did kick off, it was. I'm not blaming the managers. He just didn't like the managers. It's it's not their fault, or it's just how it is. But he was, um, yeah. Uh, so one time they tried to appease him, and it's like, oh, you won't even let me paint me. Well, normally in healthcare, we don't let people decorate themselves because it, they're not supposed to be there for a long time. So, but they give in to him. So they give him this paint, and we're saying, but. Yeah, you can have the paint when the door's open, but obviously we're going to take it out when we lock up. And the manager's like, no, no, I'll just leave him. He'll calm him down. I'm like, oh, okay. So we did this, and then... Um, so remember, this is with permission of the management. We let him keep this fucking paint in his cell. So, yeah... So he's there happily when the door's open, painting, and he's doing outside, he's doing our walls as well, and he's fucking doing his sketches on the wall, and fantastic, and in the, in the day room, and it's fucking looking good. Um, and then we lock him up. Everyone, not just him, everyone got locked up. Uh, we, went, we went about our stuff, and then he presses his door like, about an hour later, because it was different lock-up times in healthcare, obviously, because... Like I've explained earlier, there were all kinds of people in there. There was VPs, sex offenders, there was really ill people we had to deal with, um, like final care people who, who were probably going to die while they were in jail. Um, so they had different lock-up times. So Mike was locked up. Um, to be honest, mate, we used to let... He, Mike could have done the trolleys, but he's he was so... Um, He'd had a bit of abuse in his childhood, so he didn't like sex offenders, so we couldn't. Uh, he hated bullying as well, but I'll go on to that later. Um, so we're happily getting on, and that Mike's happily quiet, and we he's not on an app, so we don't have to check on him. We know if he wants out, he'll give us a shout. Um, so we're getting everything done. We've got everything sorted out. Um, and then the bell goes. Mike's bell, like, fucking hell, what's not like him? Went to look through his thing, he fucking painted himself from head to toe. Honestly, I mean, head to toe, he was naked, head to toe, everything was painted gold. I'm like, fuck. And he was laughing his fucking head off. I'm like, Mike, do you not understand that? I'll kill you. you your skin can't breathe. And he's like, oh, fucking hell, look at this, and he's fucking all gold. I'm like, shit. So, Obviously, we had to press the alarm. We had to get out because he's fucking covered in blood. Uh, not blood, paint. Um, from head to toe. Oh, God, it costs a right fucking palaver. And um, staff, cut, the manager's coming down and said, why'd you let him have paint in his cell? I'm like, hey, oh, if we didn't fucking let him have paint in his cell. It was the manager that said he could have fucking paint in his cell. We, we argued with her about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this manager turns up and she's like, why did you let him have painting yourself? I'm like, fuck's sake, you fucking said to let him have the painting yourself. We're the ones that said we shouldn't do. Well, fucking time blame us. Uh, and that's what they're like, mate, the time blame us. Um, fortunately, well, there was a strong taf staff team, so it wasn't just me going, it was everyone. It's like, fucking ridiculous. Anyway, he, <laughs> he has to get marched. He was... Healthcare took over and he had to go to Segan. 
night, fucking hell. Typical Michael Lowe, fucking hell. He, he, didn't, he was all right, but when he did some, it went to the extremes. I mean, he he got shipped to a Canadian, but the thing is with Michael, he hated bullies. So when he finally went on the wing, he went to the, um, C, not CSU, SRU. Um, he's doing fucking brilliant. He got a job, he was like proper thriving. And then this fucking idiot come on the wing, he started bullying the older prisoners. So uh, Michael kicked the fucking shit out of him for bullying. Uh, obviously Michael got in trouble for it, but he's like, Mark, because I used to go see him all the time because we had a great relationship. And uh, if he was ever like getting to that point, I'd just go see him and say, Mike, what's up? And we'd sit and have a chat. Um, not just me, all the other, the other healthcare staff who used to love, like, the girls, Amy and Rachel and uh, Kate, uh, used to love him. So any of us could have gone, and Leon, any of us could have gone and talked to him. I'm just saying, like, I used to go with it. But it's like he was bullying the old men, so I'm like, fucking hell, Mike, I know what you're going to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So we ended up back in Seg. But Michael's history, he'd been in jails all over the fucking country and they kicked him out. He was always assaulting staff, um, scrapping with staff, assaulting staff. But, you know, in uh, Dubgate, he never assaulted a member of staff. Never. Um, because ever, the staff were all right with him. He, he got on with the staff, staff got on with him. We didn't bullshit him, we didn't threaten him, we didn't, you know what I mean? Um, he even told me, he said, Mark, if you ever have to restrain me and I'm sat there quiet, just be careful. Because I know if I'm quiet, you'll relax a bit and then I'll fucking jump on you. You know what I mean? And that's what he was telling us. And he, he was a good lad, Mike. Um, he was from Bristol. But yeah, he'd been in jail a long, long time, Mike, and he, he got moved to Belmarsh in the end. Uh, but I think our jail was the longest... Jail is stayed in one go. Uh, he just said to staff, "Were brilliant here." Said, "I love it." Uh, he didn't get he didn't get any favours at all. He was just treated just same as everyone else, and that's what he'd never had in other jails. Uh, he'd never treated him like because he was a bit of an handful. When he, but like I said, never assaulted. As far as I'm aware, never assaulted a member of staff uh, at Dubgate. I think he came close to assaulting a, a manager once or twice, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, but Michael, he, oh mate, the drawings, the paintings he did in, in um, healthcare in Dubgate was just fucking amazing. Uh, he did one for us in the office. It was oh, it was so intricate. He spent days on it, and it, as far as I'm aware, even now before I left, it was still on the wall. Uh, so yeah, these people like that you remember, uh, like come to our jail with all these fucking warnings and all these. Is this, is that, is assaulting staff. Um, never happened, never assaulted staff. And as far as I know, only assaulted bullies. Because he hated it, hated it. He must have got bullied himself previously, but he couldn't stand it. And he was one of them, uh, when, he, when he went, he went. It was very hard to stop him. But then again at RJ, once he went, and then the staff got round him, he calmed down because he didn't want to hurt any of the staff. Um, so yeah, he's a good lad. There's a few like that I've worked with. One who was a, he was a bare knuckle champion. He was a traveller. Um, oh, what was his name? Ethan. Um, he was like an handful, uh, but I got on great with him. Brilliant, and 
the only trouble with Ethan was he was a fucking Man City fan, but you know, we got over that. We had a little banter about that, and uh, I remember one day he, he fucking he was a bit mad with me because United had beat City, and I was talking to someone else, and next thing this fucking arm grabbed me by the neck, pulled me backwards, and I'm like, shit, you know, because that's like dragging in the cell. And it was Ethan, and he went, don't fucking mention the match. <laughs> uh, so I did, obviously. I mean, when he first came in, Ethan, we had... Um, we, we, we was on Lima um, Wing doing a Newt's run, and the other two members of staff were on Mike Wing doing dinner. And we had this new governor on, um, and he went on to Mike Wing to have a look, and this kid fucking kicked off. Um, and it was proper going off on one because the governor was there as well, so it's like shit. And what? And Ethan fucking decked this prisoner, fucking sit and restrained him on the floor while the staff got there, right in front of the governor. Uh, the governor just stood there, go, oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, so, and Ethan just jumped in because he thought a member of staff was going to get assaulted. Um, so we, a lot of the travellers were good. They were really good lads. We had one, one traveller lad called Daniel. Um, oh fucking! When he first come on Mike Wing, he was a fucking right handful, proper running about doing all this shit and fucking like get behind your door, Daniel, and be like, "Oh, just give me a minute," and he'd be off. I was like, "Fucking hell!" But he was all right most of the time. You know, once you get if you got him on his own talking, it was all right. He was just he's a bit hyperactive, I think. Anyway, but. Um, he got sentenced and he got shipped out to another jail. Uh, right little fuck, little, little lad he was. He weren't like, not little in height, but, you know, his stature. And he went off, I can't remember where he went. I think he went to um, Durham or Franklin, somewhere like that. And he came back a few years later and I'm on the wing and he's like, Ah, right, Mark. I recognise that one. Turned around and said, Oh, hey, mate. He went, It's me. Oh, fucking hell. He must have been in gym and on the way. He was built like a brick shit house. Um, fucking hell, Dan. Where's that little wimpy kid that used to chase around the wing trying to fucking find you? And he was laughing his head off. Uh, oh, mate. Brilliant, brilliant bloke. And any trouble we had with it, uh, you know, if some of the travellers were kicking off, because some of them do. Um, Go and get Dan. We used to go and get Dan and he used to sit with him and talk to him and we had a, a traveller in um, healthcare. He was a fucking pain in the ass, And the only person he'd shut up for would be Dan. So we used to go and get Dan all the time. <coughs> but yeah, he fucking hell. He was like, but any time I was on his wing and there was any trouble, he'd be like, come back. And he'd like, guide me and like, protect me and get me off the wing. <coughs> So, yeah, some of the um, travel lads were really good. I mean, I got invited to, they used to have a big um, cooking, if you like, in the prison. Um, and they were like, oh, Matt, you've got to come, you've got to come. And I'm like, fucking hell. Um, and he used to say, oh, we have, we have head jobs and we eat head jobs and stuff. I'm like, oh, fuck off. But I tell you what, mate, I went, oh, fuck, what beautiful food. Um, they had this talker, this lad, I can't remember his name, he was a famous traveller, been in prison and he'd like turned it all around and all that. And he was talking, it was really good, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, um, and then they had this big meal, oh, it was fucking beautiful. 
Um, I must. I, I couldn't walk when I left. Because, um, sorry, I must explain. Every year I used to do um, Father Christmas uh, for the traveller kids. They used to have a day at Christmas where it was just travellers in the prison and the, they used to, a family day. Uh, and at Christmas, I was always Father Christmas. Uh, before you say anything, I wasn't a fat Father Christmas. I had to wear padding. Anyway, so that's part of the reason probably why I got on with a lot of them because I, I used to like, with the, do Father Christmas. Uh, I used to fucking enjoy it. And, and to be honest, it, some of the, <laughs> the travel kids would come up and, and tell me what they wanted for Christmas. And then the dads and all the mums would come up and go, what did he say, Mark? What does he want? And I'm like, I have to be honest, I couldn't understand the fucking word he was saying because he talked dead fast. Um, and they were laughing and were like, oh, for God's sake, we thought you could help us. Um, uh, but even the several kids were at it. We used to go round giving them um, selection boxes, you know, at the end. And a lot of them would go round and come in the queue again and be like, yeah, you cheeky bugger, get off. Uh, and he used to be laughing. He used to tell us, even the kids time blag you. It's uh, <laughs> brilliant. Um, so yeah, I did that for a few years, um, and then they took it off me and give it to some governor who wanted to do it. So I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it was uh, good. I did it for a good few years. Um, one time I had to do it, but it somewhere kicked off, so I had to leave, and someone else had to take over. Uh, it's for a negotiation, so I have to go off uh, and deal with that. But I think I did it for five, six years on the bounce. Fucking loved it. Uh, obviously, that we couldn't do that in COVID. So uh, I think that's why I got on with quite a few of the travellers. Uh, and they were all mostly good, but so we had some right fuckers. Especially when I first started, it was uh, always throwing at us that we were racist because he was a traveller. It's like, mate, you're the racist one because I'm not a traveller. Because he was horrible. But that, you know, it's the same in life. Isn't it? You're going to get good ones, you're going to get fucking shitty ones. Um, fucking hell. I went off on a tangent again, aren't I? I was talking about uh, hero staff, wasn't I? Um, so, yeah, there's lots of them. Some of them not even PCOs. Some of them, like, do stay behind in the gatehouse and, and do... Oh, can't be when we've got no staff there for fucking hours and hours doing that. Uh, especially during COVID, it was, you know, because we've got quite a few staff were off when they caught COVID and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, people in the gatehouse, people in visits, you know, they all used to, all used to muck in. Uh, and to be honest, Circle, I, anyway, I did, but some of them said, oh, fuck, he's not all giving us. But if you did so many days without being off, working in, on the wing with COVID, they used to give you a bonus. So the first bonus I got was about fucking 300, 400 quid uh, because I'd worked days off. I'd come in on my days off because we were short-staffed. And you'd get a bonus for it. Um, and to me, they didn't have to do that because we were coming to work, but they did. Uh, we used to get all kinds of stuff... Uh, because we have to come there because we kept the prison going. You imagine it if we are fucking no one did overtime during COVID and they'd have to bring outsiders in to run the prison because 
and where would we get them from because all the other prisoners are suffering so yeah and a lot of us did it not I don't I did it because not because I'm a company man it's because and I didn't know I'd get this bonus it was because I didn't want to I, I was there for it's like it's like when you yeah, when I was in the army, we're not here fighting for fucking queen and country, we're fighting for our mates. And that's what it's like in the prison service. You're not there for the company, you're there for your mates, you're there because I could not, I could not have had, personally, could not have had a day off thinking I've left short-staffed on the wing or in the healthcare. Couldn't do it. I'd be like, I'll do it, I'll come in. Um, and he used to do it a lot, and we all did in healthcare. That was the good thing in healthcare at the time, when it was at COVID first come out. Very, very rare we had to have someone from another wing to come and help us, um, because we all used to turn up. I think it was because we were treated different, you know, like we could walk around in civvies and shit, and everyone used to come and give us our dinner. I've told you before, I didn't know where everyone used to fucking back off. Like... The Red Sea party when the healthcare staff were going home because they didn't want to catch COVID. Because uh, obviously at the beginning of the COVID, no one knew what the fuck it was. Um, so, yeah, they, oh, but do you know what I keep saying? Um, I work with a lot of uh, females in healthcare. Um, I think it was only me, Leon, and Nige with the males. And I'll tell you what, them fucking girls could not half fart. My God, they were just smelly asses. And they used to do it on purpose. I'd be out on the wing and they'd be in the office and I'd walk in and be like, oh, fuck, it was like walking in men's toilets. Fucking horrendous. And they'd all start laughing. Disgusting. And if you're listening, girls, you know who you are. I'm not going to mention names, Kate. Uh, but yeah, you know who you are don't you? One day, uh, when, when COVID first started, the company used to send um, like little snacks, little bags of snacks around. Uh, and at the beginning, it was really good for the staff. It was really good. It was like proper crisp, proper, you know, it, it got worse and worse as the days went, as it went on. But, and they used to give me, they used to put a can of Red Bull in it. So um, <laughs> I'm type 2 diabetes. I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, so obviously I can't have Red Bull so and it weren't the sugar free Red Bull it was, so I usually give it away and it sat on the desk one day and, and uh, I'm like I'm sat with the girls in there and I'm like you know what I think I'll try a bit of this Red Bull and like fuck's sake Mark don't because you keep your diabetes and it's fucking full of sugar so that's like a red rag to a bull to me. Don't do it. So, dickhead. Fifty odd and I'm still fucking like it. Oh, so I'm having something. Oh, mate, I only took a mouthful. Fuck me. I was whizzing round the fucking healthcare like a fucking madman. Uh, and then I sat there going, Mark, can you do that? Yep, yep, yep. And I'm fucking running around like, like I've got ADHD. Fucking running around like... And I only had a mouthful. And I'm running around... Running round, I ran over, got the trolley, because we had to go and get our own trolley at this time. Um, fucking run back with it, fucking got it all. And I'm like, yeah, what do you want? Right, take this to him, take, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm fucking running round like a bat. Um, and this was after one mouthful. So we get back in, uh, we'd locked up, and we, um, 
we'd done put our roll count in, but obviously we only had eight or nine, so ours was in quite early. So we sat in the office waiting, and uh, they're all laughing at me and running about. And I'm like, fucking hell, I have one mouthful. Next thing, this is what the girls told me, next thing I'm gone, fucking completely flaked out, gone. Um, everything happened, they were ringing up the roll, was, all this stuff was going on and I'm asleep. And that, yeah, it fucking gone, I bottomed out. And he said I was just sat there snoring my fucking head off, fast asleep. And uh, they woke me up, I said, come on, Mark, it's time to go. I'm like, what the fuck, where am I? I didn't even know where I was. And they were laughing, they said, we were tempted to leave you, but we thought it was a bit tight. So, uh, yeah, I've never had Red Bull since. But fucking hell, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I was running around like a blue-ass fly, up and down the okay. Uh, oh, Mark, go and get some water. Yep, upstairs, getting the water, fucking hell. And then when it, when it bottomed out, I just fucking flaked out on the floor. I was on the floor, we in a chair, <laughs> flaked out on the floor. Fucking mad and they just left me. But yeah, farters, I tell you. Not you, Rachel, you never, you're too ladylike. Oh yeah, Rachel, employee of the year. Good girl. I hope you still got that whistle I give you. Uh, I better explain that. Uh, well, I was in it. Rachel used to work with me in healthcare. Um, I think he explained through that time when she got all that shit off that lad. Um, and then she moved. She wanted to go back on the wings again, which a lot of us do in the end. Uh, she went back on to Alfoot 1, uh, which is like, we used to call it Beirut because it was always fucking kicking off on there. Um, so one day this alarm went and it was Rachel's alarm. So we went, obviously when comms say they say like, personal alarm, Mark Davis, Juliet Wing. Not Juliet Wing, fucking Delta Wing, South Spot One. Uh, so you hear the name sometimes, you think, fuck. So obviously we heard Rachel's name. So we all legged it over to Healthcare, which is right next to our Spot One. Gets on there and Rachel's fucking right in the middle of it all. These lads started scrapping in the cell. Uh, the staff ran in and I got there, I couldn't get in because there was that many staff and there was about four prisoners in there. And there was that many staff and I had to stand at the door. So it's fucking going off and I didn't know Rachel was in there. Um, obviously I, she would have been because her alarm went off. So <laughs> all these bodies start getting ripped out and I'm at the door like with the prisoners coming up. I said, like, fuck off, moving everyone away from the door. Um, someone reported me and I was swearing at prisoners. And, but that's how it got. And anyway, they come out and that fucking hell, Rachel walks out with his fucking prison. I'm like, Jesus, Rach. So, um, she didn't have a whistle because she's not been there long enough. Only those old sweats had whistles. Um, and I give her this whistle. I said, yeah, mate, you deserve that because um, you got stuck in. Um, so I hope you still got it, Rach, even though you're, like, you're up there now, employer at a year and all that shit. So, uh, yeah, she's a good officer, Rachel. And you won't think it looking at her. And I don't mean that in a bad way because she's, she's quite pretty. Fucking tall, well, her legs come up to my neck. <laughs> but yeah, she's a good officer, mate. She takes no shit. People have tried it on with her and uh, they've got a short shrift. Um, she was brilliant in healthcare with them, especially, but it was, uh, it was always my job to tell the, the older men you know, they had cancer, ball cancer and that. When they come out for uh, health, the tablets, they had fucking shit up the backs and everything. Uh, but, Mark, can you tell them? 
So I'm like, yeah, mate, you've got shit up your back, you need to have a shower, but go and get your meds first. Uh, it, it wasn't an insult to him. Obviously, you don't tell them, they want to roll around in it all day. So you've got to tell them. Uh, yeah, we had, a, I think we had four people on there that were like final care, palliative care, because they were, uh, yeah, they had cancer and they were on last stages of life and stuff like that. So, uh, fortunately, like I've said before, I'd left healthcare before a couple of them passed away, so, uh, again, I got away with the death in custody. Um, yeah, but good times in healthcare. Um, good staff team, very good staff team. Um, um, working again, and all with my favourite people, the nurses. Um, to be fair, uh, some of the nurses that were in healthcare were a bit up their own asses. Um, where the other girls all over jail were fucking brilliant. And some ninety nine percent of the nurses in the whole jail were brilliant, but a couple of them in healthcare. Uh, I had a few words with him because he was pissing me off because he won't. They thought they were better than me. I'm like, oh, have you been to university? You think you're better than me? Well, I work with these every day. Same with some of the mental health workers. Um, oh, no, uh, I'll get into that later on. Uh, some of the things I've had disagreements with with the mental health workers in the prison. Oh, fucking, oh yes, yeah, so we've been to university, we learnt this, we learnt that. How old are you? 24, fucking hell. I've worked in the prison for half your When I started in prison, you were still at school. So don't fucking come that shit with me. I know I'm better than anyone. I mean, and that's not me showing off. It's just that I've worked with mental health young people as well before I started in prison. So I've been working with mental health, people with mental health issues for like for 20 odd years. Uh, but I haven't got that little badge on my, my little certificate, you know, you know what it's like in the fucking, in these days. Bloody um, hell, where's the time gone? Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, so that's travellers I've covered, uh, Muslims I've covered. Uh, now, and I've touched a little bit on the um, right wing activists. But I think I'll go into that a little bit more later on because some of them were out and out. Uh, I remember I had this lad on Mike Wing. I'd not been there long. Um, and he had all these tattoos on his fucking head, like IRA and all that shit. Well, I'm an ex-squadder. I've lost friends to the IRA, so... But I'm not judgmental normally, like I've told you. Uh, but this fucking had, and um, he started, he decided he was going to graffiti himself with all this IRA propaganda. Um, and I lost my shit with him, to be honest. I asked him, I said to him, get that shit down, and he's like, fuck, give me that. And I went, oh, fuck this. So we had a bit of uh, an altercation with this uh, IRA man. I'm serious, mate. He had IRA tattooed on his head and all this shit and on his face and... It's fucking mad. So, you know, I'm not having it, you know, it, if that was racist stuff, like, against Muslims or black people, <coughs> we'd have had to do the same. So I'm not having it. Uh, like I said, I got on with a lot of the travellers, got on with a lot of the Irish, we had some Irish prisoners in from the Republic. Brilliant, got on with them. 
not having that shit though. And obviously it's an offence anyway to graffiti the wall, so I had it both ways, but I uh, proper lost my shit. Uh, my colleagues had to uh, drag me out. I'm not having that fucking bollocks on my wing. Um, so yeah, and a lot of the uh, officers, and at the time we had a few a few ex-squaddies on the wing as well, so it was only going to cause trouble, so it had to be fucking dealt with. Um, so yeah, off the wing he went. Uh, yeah, idiot. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, we had at the time we had quite a few um, squaddies on the wing, like who'd been a bit naughty. Um, well, say squaddies. One of them was in Rima, so <laughs> uh, we had an ex sergeant major on there. He was still had the stature of a sergeant major. He still had the handlebar moustache and everything, but. He'd been in a long time, and he he was he was a good good, um, good prisoner. He got his cap D in the end, so uh, yeah, a few yeah a few squaddies in there. Uh, I was going to tell a story about one, and I fucking forgot it. Oh, we had this one come in, um, and he got he'd been kicked out of the army, court martialed. Um, and kicked out of the army, but he'd done his offence in Stafford. So they put him in our jail while they was organising the um, uh, uh, the forces jail in Colchester. Um, and he was going to be there a few weeks. So uh, they put him in healthcare, and I'm like, why's he going in healthcare? Um, and then the next day, this fucking RMP come down. Uh, and he says, uh, this lad was like one of the top snipers in the fucking British Army. His notches on his rifle were fucking massive. He said, he's a dangerous man. Um, you need to be really careful around him because he's fucking dangerous. Um, he didn't say if he was special forces or anything. He just said he was really good, one of the best snipers in the British Army. Um, and he'd gone home and found his missus in bed with someone else and he'd lost his shit and kicked the fuck out of him uh, so that's why he'd got court martialed and he was jailed uh, but yeah he told us to be careful about him with him because he was uh, a bit of a fucking madhead but uh, so yeah uh, we didn't have a lot of um, interaction with him to be honest I mean I wasn't in healthcare at the time uh, but I'm a nosy bastard I like to find out about this shit um, and a, a few about Four or five days later, they came and took him off to uh, military prison. So, uh, well, yeah, you imagine if he'd have wanted to go for it, would have been in a bit of shit then, wouldn't have? I think even madhead fucking idiot Davis would have run away on that one if he'd have kicked off. Uh, so, yeah. And on the topic of um, fantastic colleagues I used to work with, um, We've done it again, didn't you, everyone? Um, management upstairs didn't cover all the fucking staff for weekend. Uh, there was hardly any staff. And what happened? The 49 staff that were at the whole prison on Saturday all went home safe because we you fucking pulled them out of the shit again because you're fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. And this is what I've said earlier, we don't do it for them, we do it for our fucking buddies and our colleagues 
and the good managers we have, who, who, you know, the managers that worked at weekend worked the wings, you know, to help out. So we did it, you did it, not we, I can't say we anymore, can I? You did it again. You're my heroes, I, I, I so think you do the best job ever. Uh, most of you, most of you. I bet there was still some that sat in the fucking bubble, are they? Uh, but yeah, most of you do a brilliant job and you're so fucking brave. Uh, people on the out don't realise that. People who maybe listen to this who don't work in a prison, you do not know how brave these people are. Um, and what people forget is we have to put up with all this shit, all these fucking prisoners and management even, but prisoners uh, fighting, covering blood, cutting people down, saving people's lives, social workers, all this shit. And you know what? We're just normal, sorry, not we, they're just normal people trying to go home to their families after work. Um, and I know how difficult that is sometimes because you just, but go out, go on holiday as normal folks. It's only when we put that white shirt on we have to change. <coughs> yeah, so hidden heroes, the lot of you, I salute you. Um, you can't see me, but I'm saluting you. Uh, I'm not doing a fucking Navy salute or an RAF salute, I'll do an Army salute. <laughs> um, yeah, so all of you fucking brilliant people, most of you anyway. Um, I'm not going to go into anything else because I'm running out of time. You only give me 90 minutes. Uh, anyone that knows me in the jail or out of the jail, no, I can fucking talk for hours. Um, which is why I was a negotiator. Did you know I was a negotiator? I didn't mention it, did I? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, um, can love you all, miss you all so much. Um, I think if you've got a new governor and they ask me to come back, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but I cannot work under them two fucking idiots. Um, so yeah, good luck everyone. Stay safe, look after yourself and, uh, go home safely. Miss you all. I think you're brilliant. I miss my family and all my friends as well. I'm not just being like a prison officer, man. Um, yeah, so stay safe, everyone. And look after each other, as we always have. Um, I'm going to say adios now. And, oh, did I tell you I'm going on holiday again in four weeks? Bye.